The world is filled with change makers, and you might be one too. Welcome to the Nano Podcast, where we serve up bite-sized pieces of inspo from food leaders. We're your hosts, Maura Paxton and Alyssa Martinez-Newman, and you're listening to Perspectives. talk with Hannah Breckbill. So my name is Hannah Breckbill and my farm is Humble Hands Harvest. I founded Humble Hands Harvest in 2013, but we became a worker-owned cooperative and accessed permanent land in 2017. So I'm a co-farmer now. There are two, two member owners right now. As usual, our guests share their expertise in a snackable five minutes or less. Hannah talks about her journey to building a co-op farm model. So we're a worker-owned cooperative. And we landed on that model because it is, it basically it felt fair. I'd been farming as Humble Hands Harvest for four seasons, but when Emily joined, well, the first year that she joined, I still kept a hold of basically all of the risk of the land and infrastructure. And she and I basically partnered on the vegetable operation specifically. And the vegetable operation paid rent to me, Hannah Brookville, for the land and infrastructure that I provided to it. Um, I had been farming for four years before that. Emily joined. Everyone in the community thought that she was my helper. She was my worker rather than my collaborator. And so that that became a really clear point of, like, we need we need real clarity around this that we can, like, publicly say, like, we are co-farmers. We are not, it's not Hannah's farm that Emily works for. And so as we were figuring out what the structure was for that, we kind of discovered worker-owned cooperatives. What we wanted was for our work to be what mattered um, and not for whoever had the most money and most investment in the farm um, to be what matters. Like we were working the same huge amount <laughs> as each other. Um, and so even though I had more capital invested in the farm, didn't mean that it was more my farm than hers because um, we were both pouring our whole selves into it. And so the worker-owned co-op structure felt really important. The way it works is that we pay ourselves a monthly kind of basic salary that's very much below minimum wage and poverty level, just to be clear. But um, we pay ourselves a basic salary every month. And then at the end of the year, with any profits that we make, we distribute those based on the amount that we've worked. We keep track of our hours and we make sure that we work pretty much the same number of hours in a year. So um, we just distribute profits evenly that way. Um, but if one of us started working less, we kind of prorate that distribution. But as we were figuring out this this worker-owned co-op model, we realized that back when we were starting the farm, I had been gifted some of the shares that I used to buy that first eight acres of the LLC. And we had also crowdfunded to be able to um, put our well in. And we had raised this prob- almost $20,000 from our community and family and friends. So those, the, those gifts didn't exactly, like they didn't belong to me specifically. They be, it felt like they belonged to the farm. 
rather than me. And so what we did was we created a whole separate element of our worker-owned cooperative, which we call the commons. And that element holds all of the gifts that this farm has been given. So what that means is that when I leave the farm, say, when I retire, um, the farm has to pay me back what I've the, the money that I've invested into the farm. But but the commons, the, that gift capital, stays with the cooperative, with the farm, no matter who's a part of it. And so that makes the gift that I and we were originally given from from our community, it makes it something that we pass on to the next farmers here, no matter what. And they never have to pay us or anybody for for access to that gift. So I'm really excited about that, the, the commons, and we're trying to be clear about it and be, be able to articulate it well so that people understand it and hopefully are able to adapt it and, and use it in good ways um, all over the place. Maybe someday we'll, we'll be able to kind of integrate our concept of the commons with other, other folks' ways of kind of trying to decommodify and take down the price of land. Yeah, it's, it's all about access, the reason that we are doing this. We want this work to be something that people are able to do, <laughs> and that money isn't a limiting part of why people aren't doing it. Just to recap, remember this key takeaway from Hannah's thoughts on co-op models. Co-op models are not one-size-fits-all. Envision the one that works for you and your collaborators. Don't forget to check out the rest of Hannah's episodes and subscribe. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram at Oregon Tilt for even more inspo from food leaders. Thank you.